Our scripture today is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Okay, picture a movie. A movie where the plot has to do with what you can see to your naked eye. But as the plot unfolds, the characters in the plot realize that there's something that they can't see beneath the surface or behind what can be seen that is exerting a powerful influence on what they are experiencing. Now, many of these movies that we might be thinking of are science fiction movies. That's a very popular thing. Uh, it's very popular among all the, the proliferated Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And in fact, there's one uh, Disney show right now that, uh, that follows the character of Nick Fury. And it is called Secret Invasion. And it has, on Disney+, Plus. It, it is the, the, the perfect example of this type of science fiction where, where it pictures reality where human beings are just going on with their lives, but there is a hidden reality beneath the surface. Now, a lot of these shows, I guess I'll give you a little bit of spoiler. It may have to do with aliens in our midst that we don't recognize. Uh, I, I hope that's not too much, but... Uh, but otherwise, there could be other spiritual forces at work as well. Sometimes people speak of this whole realm of seeing what's beneath the surface, so to speak, by looking behind the curtain. You know, if you are uh, in a, a, a stage area, a formal auditorium, there's usually a curtain at the, at the front of the stage, and, and behind the curtain is kind of where all of the activity happens. And so when, when you use the expression to see behind the curtain, you're kind of seeing what's behind the reality that you can see. It's what's mostly unseen, but some people get to see what's behind the curtain. Um, it's, it's kind of very exciting sometimes to see what's behind the curtain. Prayer is an activity of peering behind the curtain of physical reality. Prayer is how we peer behind the curtain of physical reality to gain eyes to see what just natural human eyes cannot see. That is the message that comes through with the biblical worldview. Now, some of us live, when we read scripture, we, we kind of feel like we live in this world. Maybe many of us have walked closely with the Lord, and our vision has expanded, and, and we're hearing me say this right now and saying, amen, that's the world I live in. But others of us, and I think this is increasingly so, 
in our world that, that it seems rather strange to us in our, in our modern world to think that, that there's some spiritual reality on the other side or behind the physical reality that we can see, touch, taste, feel. At the end of Ephesians, disciples are encouraged in their prayers to be aware of the spiritual world, to be alert to the ways in which the spiritual world might be exerting its influence on our physical, material lives, and also to be fearless, knowing that God's spiritual power far outshines any power that might do us ill. Let's talk about awareness first. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. This exhortation to prayer, it seems like all the other ones we've been studying this summer, these, these short, concise statements and encouragements to pray, and to pray often, to pray for all kinds of needs that are brought to us by the Apostle Paul through his epistles, his letters to the churches. In Ephesians, this verse comes immediately following his discussion of spiritual armor, spiritual warfare. Here's what we would read in verses 10 through 12 of chapter 6. You can look at this in your own Bibles. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Doesn't that remind you of a movie you've seen? It's vivid. But the imagination, the ability to see and share about the spiritual reality is there, isn't it? And some of you are familiar with the the spiritual armor, which are actual spiritual practices that are fairly conventional. You know, things like reading scripture and praying and and, uh, and, and kind of making a commitment to following God's righteous way. Those are the, the kind of the, the equipment for spiritual battle. But it's actually not until we get to this verse in verse 18 that invites us to pray in the Spirit at all times for all kinds of reasons that we get something that we're really being asked to do in relation to this spiritual reality. Put on the armor of God and then start praying and keep on praying. The Apostle Paul has been praying for the people who are receiving this letter, the people of Ephesus, and he tells them what he prays for them in in remarkable ways. In chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, and chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And what he longs for them to know is the presence of spiritual reality. And along with that, the magnitude of God's power 
in that spiritual realm, which is for us, leveraged for our salvation. Listen to these words from chapter 1, uh, 19 through 21. Paul prays that God's people would know God's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the age to come. Paul expands our understanding of of how God is blessing us in Christ, what we're being invited into. It's not just a nice, friendly pat on the back as we go about this life. It's a fundamental rearrangement of the world and also inviting us into a protected and privileged status in this huge, wide, spiritual world. It's a powerful prayer, reminding us of God's power. But he's not done there, because in chapter 3, we read this. We've preached on this many times. Verses 16 through 18. Paul writes, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. In Ephesians, Paul is trying to expand our awareness. Our awareness of God's power. Our awareness of the fact that God's power for good meets also powers that would intend harm. And yet that is precisely why there is a gospel. Why there is good news of God coming to bring salvation. Through Jesus Christ, it is to defeat not only the the sin in our lives through our deciding to live a different way, but also to defeat the powers that are glad to see us be in chains. So let's move on to alertness, because that's where the Apostle Paul goes in this scripture text. In the second half of verse 18 of chapter 6, Paul writes, With this in mind, so with this encouragement to pray in the Spirit at all times, with all kinds of requests, following up on the armor of God and and, an invitation into spiritual battle, he says, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. When it comes to prayer, there's a real practical concern that that comes across our minds, all of our minds, at some point. And that is, what do I say? What do I say? What is there to pray about? What does one pray about? What does one say to God? If that prayer is written out, what what does one write? We talked earlier this uh, series about petitions, these lists of what we are bringing to God, for God to act in power, to respond to in some way. 
Where do I find all kinds of prayers and requests? This is where it comes from. It comes, it comes from our alertness to what's happening around us and within us and in our world. Prayerful people are alert to the spiritual reality in the midst of the challenges that we see. We recognize that when we see needs in the community of faith, when we see needs in our own lives and, and we see needs in the world, we recognize that they are not just needs of the material world, but there's a, there is a curtain. There is a spiritual reality behind that. And so we pray. Because we believe that the power that God has can be exerted in this material world. And things can be changed for the good. This exhortation or encouragement to being alert is very similar to what Jesus said on more than one occasion to his disciples when he said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. The call of Christ is for his disciples to be scanning the world for things to pray about. In a way, we are all commissioned to be lookouts in God's kingdom. On lookout duty. You know, whenever someone talks about a lookout, that's a clue that we're talking about serious business. It's just not worth it to set someone as a lookout when there's nothing to see. When it's something trivial, there's no reason to have a lookout. But when something is really important, the lookout's role is vital. And this happens on land and on sea. Whenever there's the possibility of danger, first, think about, think about what's going on in our world right now. Think about fire and the importance of people who look out for fire. Now, just out of curiosity, did anyone in the house today live for a whole summer with their husband in their young married life in a fire lookout in the Cascades? Yes, thank you, Diane. I knew that part of your story, and I'm glad that you are owning up to it. Yes, Diane and her husband, Dick, uh, not long after he graduated uh, from Washington State University, they were stationed, uh, he was stationed as a forest ranger, and let me see if I've got this right. It was a fire lookout. You were there for the whole summer near Miner's Ridge on the Cascade Trail, 18 miles from Holden Village. And you hosted over 500 visiting hikers that summer, but also probably looked out for forest fires, right? So if you have any question of what a fire lookout does, talk to Diane. She's been there. But we're reminded in this fire season, really every year, how important it is, right, to be a lookout because fires present danger to people. Another thing that happens around this time of year has to do with like the other, the opposite spectrum uh, in terms of uh, earth, wind, and fire, and uh, it has to do with water 
Because we have a lot of, of boats that are out on the water at this time of year. I love hearing all the reports from people, just even coming back this week, of people talking about going out fishing and crabbing. And, and, and uh, you know, some of you are doing quite well with that. And it's just great to, to hear. It's one of the joys of living in this part of the world as well. But on the sea, ships have lookouts. The maritime regulations define it this way. The person at the ship's bridge who maintains a continuous watch of the sea to report any kind of hazard that can be an obstacle in the navigation or cause harm to the ship. Consider this excerpt from the United States Navy Lookout Training Handbook. I'll just prep you with this. It, it has to do, my response was, to this was, no pressure. In this United, this is quoted, in this United States Navy with its nuclear-powered warships, computerized guidance systems, and the most accurate search radars in the world, you, the lookout, play a critical role in safe ship operations. Your trained human eye is far superior to the most sophisticated equipment. As a lookout, your eyes are the eyes of the ship. And on your alertness and skill rest the safety of the ship. Friends, prayer is not a retreat from reality. We may have our eyes closed in prayer, but that is after they have been open to the needs of the world. We are called to be alert. Literally, in its context, because Paul's the one who, earlier in chapter 6, brings in military metaphors. We are invited to gather intel constantly to bring to our powerful God in petitions of prayer. And it's all about preserving safety. Safety. That is the root concept of the word salvation. Brought into safety. Kept safe for all eternity. That's what the gospel is all about. That's why Jesus came to be with us. That's why Jesus called us as his disciples. To join him in his work of salvation in bringing safety. And we are called to be alert to bring those petitions of prayer to the one who holds all the power. And this can have a remarkable impact on our lives as we are aware of God's power that comes to us from the spiritual side of existence. When we are aware of spiritual reality, alert to what's happening and gathering intel for our prayers, this activity itself is an antidote to fear. We are being proactive and we have a plan. And actually, you're thinking it already. Wait a minute, Pastor Kurt, it's not just our plan, is it? God has a plan. And we are being oriented and mainstreamed into that plan. The plan that takes into consideration everything, 
all of the negative activity of evil power in the world. God's power that is beyond that is involved in this. God is involved in this. You know, when we scan the world and scan our lives for things to pray about, we're doing something than just sitting there taking it all in. Sometimes, I don't know if you've had this experience, you can like watch the news and every piece of news is bad news and you just feel defeated. You just, you just, it's like a sock in the gut. You're trying to find your breath. What can we do? It's just all bad. But when we scan that same content for prayer, we are just following God's powerful plan. And it's all done recognizing that God has power beyond the negative of the situation. Rather than watch the news and fall into fretful despair, prayer is indeed the pathway through fear. And Paul gets personal in this regard at this point. At the beginning of his letter, in Ephesians chapter 1, he writes this, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking, keep asking, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And then he writes this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. He prays for them again in a similar way in chapter 3. But in chapter 6, at the very end, the tables are turned. He asks them to pray for him. And what he asks for, not once, but twice is for prayer that God would strengthen him to speak the words about Jesus and to declare the gospel fearlessly. Fearlessly. You see, Paul was a great apostle. He was an incredible person. Those of us who have read a lot of his writings would, would probably... Give a whole lot in order to have a chance to sit down, pick his brain, and talk about what life was like and what led him to go on all those adventures that were so strategically important to the expansion of the church into the world. But Paul was human. And Paul did not have it in him by his own strength to simply get past his fears. There was good reason for his fear. You just have to look at that simple phrase in our text today. He is in chains as he writes this. He's been imp imprisoned for this. He needed God's powerful strength. And he sought that strength through the prayers of God's people. Have you ever thought of yourself 
having a role in providing the strength against fear for others through your prayers. It's a powerful invitation. It's a powerful responsibility. It's reminiscent of the responsibility of the lookout. That it may actually matter that we pray. Think of a time when you faced a fear. And at one point, got beyond it. Remember what it felt like before. When you were captive to that fear. And remember the remarkable freedom following. What a difference it makes not to be ruled by our fears. What would you dare to dream if God granted you fearlessness? What dream of God's kingdom would you dive into if fear were not a hindrance? What might that mean for our congregation as it desires to reach out with the gospel and the good news of our powerful, loving God being right here in this place to bless? Who would you dare to share the gospel with if you weren't afraid of their response? The path of fearlessness in God's kingdom is built on the foundation of the prayers of God's people. New Testament scholar Andrew Lincoln sums up our text in this way. Now at the end of the letter as a whole, believers' own praying ensures that their living in the world retains an awareness of the transcendent dimension and can be seen as the means by which they appropriate or collect the divine resources of strength for the battle. As we consider this text, may we be those who keep on praying, those who will be aware and alert and by God's strength, fearless. Amen.